This is... Wow! What a week. What a week. Politrix. Welcome to Wow What A Week, hashtag Politrix. His explanations and evaluations are said to be so helpful, they could even help you get through border control in Poland. Please welcome back. Good morning, good morning, uh, Brother Flash and the viewers and followers and everybody else. Good to see you. I'm good, thank D you. Don't forget to subscribe, 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 subscribe. What happened in Poland? Like, what the hell, what, what happened in Poland? I, I, One, what happened in Poland? Two, why are you traveling with over a hundred people? When other other uh, uh, presidents are traveling with four or five people. That that was very concerning, actually. Why is SAA carrying arms when it's against aviation rules? After there was it the Helderberg uh, disaster, uh, um, that it was... Explo explosion. Yes, it was established that SAA should not be carrying arms. Well, look, there's so many things here that doesn't that doesn't make sense. And we are not getting you know feedback from the presidency itself. No, uh, I think a retired judge will look into it. Uh, another commission. Yes. Sir. <laughs> now look, uh, first let's correct something. It was not uh, uh, SAA. It was South African Air Force. Also, it was an Air Force. As an Air Force jet, uh, then the, the president travels with uh, 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 the South African Air Force jet. No, no, I'm talking the about SAA the uh, part. It yes. was for other people, which included uh, uh, journalists and some members of the security and arms. And, and arms. So, look, uh, we don't know the contents of the arms, but it is normal that the presidential protection unit they carry arms. Uh, but, it, but they travel with him. Approach. But they travel with him. Yeah, sorry. Yes, they travel with the president. They have to be in the in the in the same jet. Let me let me explain how this actually works. And it's very worrying and embarrassing actually uh, uh, that the presidential protection unit was found to be wanting with arms in a foreign country. What normally should happen? Mm. They have to get clearance. It's part of the consular service or diplomatic mission service. And it has happened. I've been in a situation whereby, even on transit, where President Mbeki was traveling from uh, South Africa via Brazil into, into Haiti, and mm -hmm. he stopped over in Brazil to either refuel or, you know, and, and things like that. So what should happen is that we are supposed to get clearance for arms that the personnel or the presidential protection unit are carrying because they carry firearms mm. in order to protect the president, yes. you know, in case of or, or, on, on incidents, for example. So those arms, uh, obviously, if you take a firearm, even if it's a licensed firearm or private one, official one, into another country, you need to get permission, an import permit or permission to can have arms in that country. Mm. I listened on Tuesday. That was the very first day the, the Derko, the Minister of International Relations, spoke. And that was another worrying part. Mm. The international relations was quiet throughout this whole Poland drama. And only on Tuesday, because Belgium and, and, and uh, I think Denmark are visiting South Africa. So on the sides of the interview, a minister, Naledi Pando, was asked a question, uh, what actually transpired in Poland. And you know, you know, Fresh, I was very disturbed that the minister said Derrico did their job and she explained very well how the embassy of South Africa in Ukraine, mm. Kiev, as well as in Moscow, they did their part, they arranged the meeting, the meetings went all and their job was that. And and surprisingly and worrying, she went and said, if we want to ask anything about the police, SAPS must answer, but that's not how it works. Mm. Uh, SAPS responsibility ends within the boundaries of the country. Yes. If SAPS 
does any work outside the boundary, it becomes Derek's responsibility. Mm. And in this instance, yeah, because African, the Saps have no jurisdiction outside of the country. Absolutely. Yeah. The South African embassy in, in Poland, in Warsaw, was supposed to get permission for the presidential protection news. They even submit. I can tell you what they do. Mm. They sent an inventory of the arms they'll be carrying to the embassy, the embassy approaches the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and International Relations in that country to engage the police there to give them permission to can have arms in that country, even mm. if it's on transit. Sure. That's what was supposed to happen. And it looks like in this instance, it did not happen. So Derrico had a responsibility through their embassy in, in Warsaw, Poland, to can arrange for that. But also the number of journalists with the presidential people and, and the number of arms. I mean, we don't know whether the, the Polish are telling the truth and the videos we saw of those containers. There were eight of them when I counted from the pictures. Mm. If it was arms only in there or there were other things. But for me, it was just too much, you know, uh, for the number of days and the number of personnel. It was just too much. And, and I, I, I think, you know, we were embarrassed. Look, people were saying the Polish are racist. They started mentioning who doesn't know that the Polish are racist? Mm. You know, but I don't think it was a race thing. I think, uh, remember, Poland is also anti-Russia. Sure. Poland is very strongly uh, opposed to Russia, and obviously they will treat... And they're on the border of Ukraine and Russia. Absolutely. So there Absolutely. is a reason to be paranoid. They, they have a reason to be paranoid, mm. but it was a very clumsy situation. You know, week in, week out, uh, uh, we have government departments not talking to each other. You know, uh, when I listen to Minister Bipando, listen to the presidency and, and the police are quiet. You can see that there is no signage amongst the government departments who's responsible for what, who's doing what. People are pointing fingers at, you know, for a minister as senior as Mena Lady Pando to stand up and say, uh, go and ask the police about the firearms. We don't deal with that. Uh, I don't think it was correct to do that, but they require the responsibility. And why are we traveling with a party of more than 10 people? Well, look, the Presidential Protection Unit, I think 10 people, it's, 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 it's normal. Uh, but, I mean, 40, 50 people, I think that's too many. I don't know what was the purpose for that. It doesn't make any diplomatic or political sense to me. Or financial sense. Well, in finances, let's forget this country, when it comes to spending on wrong things, we are excelling on spending in wrong things as a country. <laughs> we, we don't care about, the country's complaining about lack of resources, lack mm. of money and funds. But uh, I, I, I don't think we're doing things on the right track. Even the, the African peacekeeping mission, you know, if we can go into that, the purpose of that mission didn't bear any fruits. President Putin read the riot. Yeah. He actually, for the very first time, President Putin, in engaging those African leaders, gave them a copy of the 2014 agreement with Ukraine mm. that Russia and Ukraine signed. And he, for the very first time, he took it out on the public to say, here's a document that we signed, and these are the terms and conditions of the agreement, and now you want to come and tell me that I must stop the war. Can you read what was in there? It was never released to public before, mm. neither by Ukraine nor, nor or, or Russia. It was never released. And, and, and it was really them right and sending them back to where they are. They come from. But I also think this mission was an attempt by NATO and the West to use African leaders to try and either infiltrate or, 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 or soften President Putin and Russia's stance towards Ukraine. I think it was an attempt by the West to do that. I, I don't think Africans would, even if they had reasons and they talk of food security mm -hmm. and Africa is suffering, but I think it was an attempt uh, uh, by the West. That's why 
uh, you see Macron is starting to soften up towards BRICS, you understand? So the West is actually using all forms of your infiltration mm. to can try and infiltrate BRICS. And, and because the, if you look at the support that Russia has gained and the momentum in the last few months, mm. it's stronger. Even countries that were sitting on the fence, they're starting to align themselves sure. with BRICS or with Russia. But surely it's good that uh, President Ramaphosa was heard almost admitting that there is a war there's children that must be returned to uh, Ukraine, and 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 being unequivocal that there is an invasion versus a military operation. Okay. No, uh, 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 again, he took a very bold stand. Yeah. You know, to can come up and speak about that. Not only because they went and they observed and they saw what was going on. I, I, I mean, I mean, there were there was part of the, the presidential team after they were released who were sitting in the middle of Kiev in their hotel rooms. One of the staff members and a journalist. We're tweeting and taking photos and like, but the war as it has been created by the media, it is not as bad as it looks, except on the borderline and where this media is mm. like in the capital city and all that. Life people are going on with their lives normal. But I think President Ramaphosa was very bold uh, to can take a stand and to talk about what is happening. There's not just an, a military operation. Mm. It, there's a there's a full blown war in, in those between those two countries. Sure. And and I think it was a very bold move. The EFF are saying uh, Poland's embassy should be downgraded. Is that dramatic or is it a fair call? Uh, I, I, I think it's dramatic. I, I, for what reason? If Poland were, were applying their domestic rules mm. in handling imports and people traveling their country, whether we, we regard them as harsh or not, but they were doing what they, what, what did Poland do mm. that's wrong? That, that's what we should first establish. Did they do anything wrong or we didn't do our part? Laws are laws. Laws are lost. And by the way, we are one of the countries that, uh, you know, everybody's crying about our 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 border uh, controls and mm. border, that people come in and out of this country as they wish, not only on the land borders, even yeah. airports. We have mm. had the Donovan tragic saga and all that. Now, other countries are showing us what are border regulations and laws. And if you don't obey those border regulations and laws, what they will do to you? Mm. I think the EFF is being dramatic. Uh, uh, there the, the are embassies that are existing in this country that politically we should be looking at, like the embassy of Israel. We should be sitting down and saying the Israelis are murdering the Palestinian children in Palestine every day. And why are we not saying South Africa cut mm. your diplomatic relations with, with Israel if indeed we are standing you know, with the Palestinian people? But we are not doing that. So there's just one minor incident mm. that you know, uh, I think it will die its natural death. Sure. Speaking of the, the, the EFF, uh, CIC uh, Julius Malema is suggesting that maybe unemployed graduates should get a monthly stipend and um, 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 matriculants should get a thousand rand um, pocket money, as it were, just so that you can survive. You, you, you know, you can, if I need to find a job, I can take a taxi, I can buy data, I can go to an internet cafe. What are your thoughts on that? Look, uh, uh, funny enough that uh, uh, Julius Malema is saying this now, I can tell you mm. that has been part of the founding manifesto of the EFF. Mm. When the September National in Bissau drafted the founding manifesto of the EFF, one of the issues that we included in there, because I was part of the team, mm. was what we call the Santara Oath. 
And part of the Sankara Oath, uh, 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 President Colonel Mana Gaddafi had applied it in Libya as an example. Yes. Where people, if they are graduates, Botswana actually is also doing it to some extent for their graduates, you know, uh, uh, who they, they, they will give them money to go and study further if they can't find a job. So the Sankara Oath works in a sense that when you've got graduates, the government has a kitty. Mm. whether from labor or from education itself, to say this person is qualified to do this job, but because we can't provide a job, in the interim, let us give these people some stipend mm. uh, uh, that they should be able to look for jobs. Because it's so expensive to look for jobs, you know, to go to the internet cafe or to send physical. We saw with the Panyaza uh, 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 process in Houten. You can imagine it costs almost 100 rands to can do one job application if you have to attach documents mm -hmm. to make copies. Mm -hmm to scan an email. So I think it's a call in the right direction. And if we can spend money on so many things that are necessary in order to keep the youth out of the street and out of trouble, and they are already frustrated by not getting jobs, but in order not to worsen their situation and they end up in drugs mm. and alcohol and things like that, giving them a stipend towards that process. And uh, we can base it on qualifications, you know, on, on what people have studied and things like that. Mm. But I think, the country must work very hard to bring back the, you know, the technical colleges, you know, so that people can be equipped with technical skills. At times you find a person has studied uh, 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 medicine or you studied law, but you can't find a job, you can't start somewhere. But the person is interested in doing other things. Maybe you've got hands to can do sewing and all that. We should try and look at the balance. The stipend does not have to be necessarily cash. Mm. It can be in forms of incentives and creating an environment or platforms for Coupons or data coupons. Whatever, whatever. Here's, data coupons. Here's your free internet for the month. Exactly, mm. exactly. It can be in that format. And I think the government will do, I think the EFF call is, is, is the right call. Mm. And the government can do something like that in order to aid the process. There's once of jobs towards elections. Mm. And, and boom, the 6,000 jobs in Houghton towards elections, then then we don't follow up. Are we, are we, are we talking about Nazi Spani? Yeah, Nazi Spani. The, yeah. You know, the, the Nazi Spani also controversy after some videos circulated of people's CVs being in boots of cars. Uh, uh, it's very embarrassing. It's a slap on the face of the premier of Houghton, Panyazali Suvi. Hold up, as in CVs that were submitted? Yes, that was submitted at Nazrek. Yes, they were been found in people's boots. In found people's boots. And, and somebody took a video. And and you know that the government has come up, uh, the province, the government of Houghton has come up, mm. you know, saying we are going to investigate this, this. But let me tell you what went wrong. And this is one of the few occasions where uh, I agree with the DA. There's processes in government. These processes are defined on how to apply for jobs and all that. If processes were followed, those CVs, no matter the explanation that Houghton is going to give, to have CVs in boots and the administrator are sorting them out. The claim is they were sorting them out to can take them to the relevant departments. Why in the boot of the car? Why did they end up? You sort out things in an office and you move them with either government vehicles or couriers mm -hmm. to go to their destinations. But again, in this damn age, why do we still, in order to avoid corruption and things like that, 
why don't we do electronic routing? In the past years, they used to have the Houghton Shared Services Center, where all jobs in Houghton will be emailed or dropped in that office. Mm. Why, why, why did they go and create a center in Nazareth, and which is not a government office, and there's all those logistics where criminals and corrupt people will have hands into those things? Again, there was also a lament that you must look at that fly. Actually, after I heard the DA crying about it, I went to look at it. The, 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 the office of the premier made a big mistake, a mm. blunder. That flyer was in ANC colors. There's nothing wrong with ANC colors, mm. but this is a national job or, or provincial job process. Yes, Why yes, do you yes. when you put it... It's, it, not, it's not a party initiative. It's not a party initiative, mm. you understand? So I, I think that that's a blunder, but again, that's what politicians do. You know, uh, we are going towards the elections. We are left with less than uh, 12 months to go into the elections. Mm. The youth are the biggest voters. You go and excite them with jobs. It is good that we create jobs in the country. It is good that our youth get jobs and get employed. It's a good initiative. We must all support it. Mm. But let it be done the right way and within the legal framework or, or the process, that administrative framework of government. It should not be done like you are running a sponsor shop. Sure. No matter how desperate the youth are. Let's talk uh, CADA deployment, ANC versus the DA. Uh, at the Zondo Commission, we found out that President Ramaphosa was the chairperson of the deployment committee in the so-called uh, nine wasted years. Yes. And the DA have demanded all communications, minutes, WhatsApps um, from that period because they're trying to prove that uh, President Ramaphosa was complicit in state capture by having people deployed that shouldn't have been deployed. So obviously the DA have had these uh, minutes subpoenaed and the courts have said, uh, yes, the ANC must hand them over, but the ANC obviously will appeal. They, they will definitely appeal. Uh, is this judicial overreach? It, it is. It is judicial overreach. I, I, we spoke about our courts last week. Yeah. Sometimes decisions made by these courts are very, very worrisome. You know, uh, how on earth do we want a political party to can release into public minutes of their own political doing. First of all, fresh uh, Canada deployment is normal in politics. I mean, go all over the world. The DA itself, they may not be doing at a scale of the ANC, uh, but they deploy your traders. When you get into power, if I go into power, I will surround myself with people I trust. That mm -hmm. comes from my political party. And, 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 and also people that, that I think they deserve those positions. It is common cause. But the court goes and, and, and extends its arm to release the minutes. I think the NC will appeal this matter or take it under review. But but uh, but I think it's 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 an unjust call of the DA to do that uh, because every political party deploy their cadres to position. What the DA and the opposition is supposed to be doing mm. is to check if the people that are deployed or employed do they qualify for those jobs? Are they performing? You know, in what they have that, that's what we should look at. We should not care whether a person is 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 a, is a close friend of President Ramaphosa or President Mbeki. We should check did that person qualify for that job? Did process was process followed mm. in that person being appointed? Are those people delivering? Are they working? Are they capable of doing the job? That's what we should focus on. Uh, instead of focusing on saying we want to know the cadre deployment, who is the ANC supposed to to deploy if not their own cadres? Isn't the argument that we're not? Saying saying don't deploy cadres, but don't deploy Botsang because you know Botsang will make a plan for the party. But, but, but and if we can prove that Botsang was deployed because he'll make a plan for the party. 
that look and it's in the minutes well i i don't know if they will minute such they'll be very stupid to to can actually minute such uh, decisions but but we know the zonda commission the zonda commission has exposed it mm. that people were deployed or were put i've been in government and i've said i've seen people sitting in government position making money Mm. for the party or giving tenders to party party members that will give a share yes. to the party it's it's that is corruption and that's what we should fight that is maladministration that's what we should fight uh, i'm not going to sit and waste my time to say uh, Tato Sigwani is a member of Patotric Alliance, therefore the PA has deployed him in a position. I will check if what you are employed for, you are doing it, you are earning your fair salary, mm. and you are not doing favors and failing towards the party. You understand? That's what we should look at. That's what we should guard and be vanguard of, of government processes. And again, if people are delivering, if people are not delivering, the DA should come and say, you see, you deployed that Mr. X, and that Mr. X is incompetent and is failing and is a thief, and then they prosecute that and they take that person for prosecution not to come and try and say no you can't deploy your own people i don't think that that makes a huge difference who will they employ i mean we belong to political parties so are we saying people who are members of political parties should not be deployed uh, by their power should not be in the employment of government it can't be like that because every human being has a right you know to belong to a political party but i think the judiciary has overreached actually this begs to call for uh, if the judiciary is independent. And, you know, there's that old debate about this, and it reminds me mm. what Chief Justice Mokwen once said. If we think the judiciary is independent, why is the judiciary under the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development? Mm. That's not independent. Already the fact that the judiciary are being managed and governed by the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development, it, it, there's no independence there. That department is led by a member of the ANC, NEC, and there's members of the Judiciary Committee. They all belong to political parties. So where there's independence, there's no independent judiciary. They are influenced by politics. They are also human beings, mm. you know, who get influenced by, by, by laws of nature and what is happening around the country. They are human beings. So there's nothing independent about the judiciary. But is there a foolproof system that could be employed to make sure that a judiciary or any judiciary it is doesn't exist? Where there's, where there's human beings, there's no proof. Absolutely. And there's no absolute proof. It cannot happen. I was, I was reading a quote about AI. Mm -hmm. And uh, someone was saying that the problem with AI is not that the computers will take over. The problem with AI is the fact that it will do exactly what human beings program them to do. Exactly. That, that's that's up there because you, I always tell people when they blame computers. Yeah. And I'm like, but you can't blame a computer. You can't say it's the system. It's the human being who feeds the system, who instructs the system. So where there's human beings, there's always be loopholes. Um, let's bring it, uh, you know, further up the continent, uh, wrapping up. You know, there was obviously the peacekeeping mission to uh, the Ukraine mm -hmm. and to Russia. But a lot of people also were arguing that, yeah, but what about Sudan? Uh, what about the DRC? Uh, what about what's happening in neighboring countries? Surely we can chew gum, walk and skip at the same time. So why can't we ask for peace in Ukraine? and still do the DRC, and still do... It, 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 it should done. be done. Let's yeah. Look, uh, uh, we have seen it happening, you understand? Uh, I, 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 one thing that I'm taking out of the, the Ukraine visit, and yeah. the Moscow visit, is that now the world is 
you know, being fed and exposed to a document that Putin has been holding on to, to say. Now, now that's one good thing that came out of it. Mm -hmm. Two, these African leaders, they should come back and report, uh, you know, as President Ramaphosa has already said, to say there is a war there, people are dying and children are suffering. Understand? So that's the two positive part. But going to Sudan, you know, ironically, mm. guess who are the peacekeepers uh, or the mission in, in, in Sudan? Mm. It's Saudi Arabia and the United States of America. Actually, on, on Wednesday, if not on Thursday, uh, uh, it was the D-Day. It was the expiry date for the ceasefire. You know, I don't understand people who go into a war. You go into a war, then the peacekeepers come and say, ceasefire for two weeks, let's talk, you ceasefire. Then when two weeks expires, you go into bombs and guns again. I mean, that's very insane. To can, so they find it normal, and they can ceasefire, but they find it normal to ceasefire for two weeks, and then they go, on the expiry date that evening, bombs and the rockets are flying. It, it happened in the World Wars. I mean, World War Two, World War One. on Christmas Day, we take the day off. Yes. And we go uh, celebrate uh, the birth of Christ. On Boxing Day, uh, we box again. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, so, 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 Saudi Arabia and the U.S., yeah. ironically, mm. are a peacekeeping mission in, in, in Sudan, while the Africans, they go and they do in Ukraine, where the USA is involved or with NATO to fight Russia. I, I, I think the African leaders, the African Union must, you know, up its sleeve regarding the situation in Sudan. And also, why wouldn't they put an African uh, joint forces military there to force those two warring factions? You know, a peacekeeping mission in a war. We have seen that the negotiation tables are not working. I don't say they must stop talking. I'm not saying that. But would it not be tantamount to an invasion if we say, okay, we're going to come in and make you stop? Well, they've done it. We have done it in the CAR. They've done it in the GRC on the side of, on the eastern side of the GRC. We have done it before. We have done it in, 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 in uh, uh, Burundi. Mm. And I said, if, if we care about human life, there is this blue beret, the, the, the United Nations peacekeeping yes. mission. Yes. Why are we not using the UN peacekeeping mission? In, in, in Sudan to can stop the conflict. Their purpose is not there to go and fight on either side. Maybe not enough people have died yet. They're just waiting for more deaths before yeah, you see, and, to and, do the right thing. And, and we want to talk about, uh, we care about human life, about mm -hmm. displaced people, people are sleeping in tents. People, people I, I don't understand how many people should die, how many human lives should be lost before political uh, decision makers mm -hmm. can stand up and say, now it's enough. You understand? We saw over almost a million people in less than three months dying in Rwanda in 1994. Mm -hmm. And only when it was over 800,000, uh, uh, the perpetrators of the war, the French and everybody else started sending their forces there to stop this war. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and so human life in Africa, you know, it, it's meaningless to the world. And African leaders are falling into that trap, not realizing that one death in this continent through military wars or, or military invasions, it's more than enough. Mm -hmm. And and the most of the people who are suffering in these wars, it's women and children, elderly, they displace the weak and the vulnerable. And this is where the UN is becoming a toothless talk, actually. The United Nations is, is, is becoming a toothless talk, sitting in condition... But, but has it ever had any teeth? I mean, uh, uh, short of fighting hunger and uh, health ills like polio and... Uh, and, and, and all all such at a political level has the UN ever had teeth? Nothing. It's 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 actually a puppet that was used by the West. I think the coming up of 
other regional bodies or international bodies like BRICS and others, mm. they should expand their wings and responsibilities. Their BRICS should not only focus on, it's an economic block, it's not an economic block, but I think in growing and moving forward, BRICS should start on focusing on other issues. Like, you know, have a peacekeeping post. One thing that President Putin has proposed to, to, to actually has already implemented it to, to BRICS is that it should have a BRICS media. So there must be BRICS television, there must be BRICS newspapers, there must be BRICS sites on the internet. So that, those are decisions in the right direction. The world is moving at the media, uh, influencing politics in the world. Uh, you can see how the media is influencing the war in, 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 in Ukraine and, and mm -hmm. Russia. The media is influencing that. One media reports this, another media reports that, depending on with whose side are you in. But 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 I think Africa must wake up and start taking care of its own, uh, uh, you know, problems in the continent. Speaking of the United Nations, I mean, uh, is it William Ruto of Kenya, President yes. uh, Ruto, who was talking about how how is it that the Security Council is still structured the way it is? How, how is it that other nations are not standing up and saying until we fix the structure of the Security Council? We're not going to participate. We're not going to participate. Well, I, I, exactly the point. That's why I call the United Nations generally as a whole, as the puppet of the West. They will do what the top five or the top seven want. Hmm. You look at the, the G7, who are they? And then you look at the Security Council, you understand? Hmm. To say you're sitting with five people there in the United Nations Security Council with over, over, you know, a uh, uh, hundred or two hundred member states, and all these other people, all these other member states are sitting there being controlled by five, being told, No, you like, can't come like, and sit like, in this meeting. Like we're imposters. Yeah, they're imposters. Like, like we're not uh, members of the global community. It doesn't make sense. If there's a dinner and you are not welcome, then people are dishing, and when it's time for you to eat, they tell, No, you can sit outside. Your table is there. Your table is there, and you sit comfortably there. You don't have pride. You don't have dignity. You must walk out of that. So what will it take for there to be a new UN of nations that say, unless you guys do right by the rest of the world, we're going to start our own the, the, new they should, United the, Nations? They, they should walk out and draft a charter, yeah. a new charter that will define on how you know, various member states are going to take part and participate in it. You, you should remember that the Security Council was informed by the world wars yes. and the military position of those countries. Mm -hmm. you know, so that's what informed the United Nations. Uh, but we were all involved. Uh, my grandfather was digging trenches in world in Italy in World War One. We were all involved. Well, did you have the army? Did you have rights? It, it doesn't matter. We were all involved at some level. That is why the common, the, what you call the common countries, the yeah. normal countries should walk out of the UN and leave it hanging. Mm. Leave it with those four or five member states to can sit there. The cool kids can yeah, do yeah. their thing. They, they can do their thing and, you know, point measures at each other. We still have people who have, if you look at North Korea, mm. it's not a member, but it's one of the most armed and most dangerous countries on earth. So, so that's another issue that we should look at. Are we forming the Security Council based on military or, or the Security Council should look at the peacekeeping process? Mm -hmm. There should be peace in the world, not who has bigger arms and more arms than the other and a better military budget. Mm -hmm. but, but again, America is fighting for that. If you look what the Americans have done in the past two weeks, they are actually starting to talk what other member states have been asking for space in the United Nations Security Council. America is actually warming up to that. You know why? They are realizing that they are losing the grip 
and the support. They are left with France and, and, and the Great Britain is them only. If you look at Russia being sitting there, you know, they, 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 they actually do not uh, are realizing that the Security Council is, is losing its grip on other, you know, powerful member states. So they've now been talking the language that South Africa and Nigeria and other Arab uh, states have been saying, uh, but if we move in there, we want to be part of that Security Council. Mm -hmm. And America is starting to engage in the last two weeks. They're engaging those African states. But uh, the president of Kenya is actually very correct. He's a very progressive president. He's very correct in the things he has been saying. He has been very vocal. You he's know. been, no, he's been uh, gone. Uh, he has been, I, I'm, I was saying to somebody on the side, I'm worried about his life. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I'm reading a lot of people saying, you know, the way Ruto is going, they're going to get rid of him. Those, those, those are the kind of leaders we need in the continent. That gentleman, if if if, they, if I was a Kenyan and I have a president like that, thumbs up. That man is a state leader. He stands for Kenya, he stands for Africa, and he's not afraid to tell the West where to back off. And he stands for just doing things the just way. He, he, he that's what leadership like is about. in all fairness. Let's like it's 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 like enough of the bullshit, guys. Mm. The way you guys are doing things right now is not right. It's not He's right. that guy. Yes. And then you know he's young, he's that guy, he's not afraid to talk. I, I think if Africa can have just a quarter, a quarter of such leaders, not even half, yeah. a quarter of such leaders, him, the Kagames of this world, the Masis of Botswana, those kind of leaders, if they, they if we can have half a quarter of them being leaders in Africa, trust me, we'll start moving in the right direction. It's actually so nice to see a president in his 50s in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> is, it not, is, it not, is it not the way it's supposed to be? You know, I've always said, I'm, Barack Obama became the president of the United, the United States at 44. He was a child. What by, by presidential levels, he was a child. Uh, and, and look, uh, well, I, I'm not a fan of American politics and Obama, but uh, I think for the Americans, he did well. That's why they re-elected him yeah, again. Yeah. But again, guys, when are we going to start saying, above 60, we are old fresh. Retire. Retire, Retire with the teachers and everyone else yes. and the nurses. Yes, but we still have presidents in this continent at 80-something. Yeah. Contesting for election. Even our old president, Ramaphosa, is old. Mm. He's an old president. He shouldn't come for another term. He should just... And he's continuously and perpetually shocked. So in order to save him from a state of shock... And a heart attack one day. President Ramaphosa <laughs> must go back to and relax and do his business. He must leave politics for the young ones. The Paul Machatiles, you yeah, know, they can raise, come go, and do that. Go raise buffalo. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah. That's what they should do. I don't know why Africans... You know, it's the old, it's the old African teaching yeah. of saying uh, uh, the elderly, the wisdom of the yeah, elderly. You are a child. You, yeah, you, don't a child. you don't know the world yet. Yeah, you don't know the world yet. So why should we... Should suffer first, then you know the world, but they've messed up the continent, the yeah. elderly ones. President Mugabe, mm. for example, when he started, the righteous person, he started well. Only when he started doing wrong and making wrong decisions, he was already old. It shows that, you know, my, my grandmother used to say to me, uh, being old is like becoming a child again. Yes. And I, 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 apparently, what, I'm not what sure. reverse? Sci yes, scientists are saying you reverse. So after 70, you, you, you start losing some thinking capacity. Then we entrust our lives and our politics and our country with those people like on. I refuse. We should, I don't know why somebody doesn't propose in parliament that we should change the constitution. Not discriminating, put an age. Mm. If you put an age to something, you are not discriminating. Like we have put an age of employment to 60 or 65. The age 
age of retirement. The retirement, you understand? Uh, yes. yes. So why don't we put an age in the uh, election act or whatever of the country to say, if you are in the retirement age, you can occupy a political position in government. You can hold a political office. You can belong to a political party. If they want to contribute, why don't they sit in the Chile House, in the Red House, in the Blue House? Why don't they sit there yeah, and be the Council of Elders? Be yeah. the Council of Elders. The Council there. of Elders. We have seen Reverend Chikani, you know, bouncing back now as the head of the ANC Integrity Committee. Mm. That's where he belongs. He has done his part as the DG in government, mm. and now he's at the right position. They should do that. Deploy them into the party offices to help political parties with wisdom, direction, history, and all those things. We, now we need functional people. We can't be sitting with retired uh, candidates of retirement to be making political decisions. I was listening, for example, to Mayor Njimotseka. Yes. You know, this country is, is, is very funny. The Minister of Basic Education stands up and say it doesn't come as a surprise that the illiteracy rate or the reading rate of children in South Africa is one of the worst in the world. Now, this is the Minister of Basic Education. She is entrusted with making sure that and then she says parents must play their part yes as parents we must play our part but imagine a political head saying it doesn't come as a surprise due to covid and what what but the, but, but, really but the entire planet suffered covid yes the entire planet yes so what did they do that we didn't that, do but because it's like saying COVID. it's like saying we lost the game because the pitch was wet the pitch was wet for everyone. For everybody. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, so so it's, it, it shows the level of thinking of our political office bearers. Mm. You know, when it, it has become normal, it has been, we have normalized the abnormal things in this country. It has become normal to can shift the blame and point fingers and not come with a solution. The illiteracy rate is very bad in South Africa. Our children can read. And what should we do? You should come with a solution. You should mm -hmm. come and say, the method of education we have been applying at school, it is not working. Sure. This is what we should do afresh or differently. You know, you can't say we expect that. It's embarrassing. I can't sit here and my child fails at school and I said, yeah, I expect them to fail. So when I saw it coming, what did I do as a mm. parent? And as a, what, what, what corrective measures uh, did I, I put into place uh, to intervene and to correct the situation? And, and, and instead of justifying it, why aren't you finding out what the top 10 countries did differently that they won? With, with all these overseas trips mm. that our, our politicians take with a contingent and, a, you know, a whole quartet of people going to say we're going on a fact-finding mission or a study tour. Mm. Uh, and what did we learn from those study tours? Why don't we learn from countries like both Finland and so forth? What have they done? We don't even have to go that far. We can look at... Brazil, we are on almost at the same price as countries like Brazil. Why don't we look at what did the Brazilians do? Because they were at some stage having that problem, and they moved away from it. Now Brazil is becoming one of the countries with the most uh, you know, highly educated society. Mm -hmm. What did they do that we cannot do? Uh, and, and, and that's the challenge we are faced with as a country. But again, I think I must start advocating for the age uh, I, I must be very careful not to shut myself out. I must start advocating for the age of political office bearers. You reach retirement age, you don't occupy political office. Botsang, on that note, I think we are done. I think we've said quite a, we've said 20 mouthfuls. Uh, where do we find you on social media and how do we buy your book? Uh, m at gmail.com mm -hmm. and you can check me on Facebook, Botsang Wilwa and at Botsang Wilwa on, on Twitter as well as on Instagram. And that's where they will find information regarding the book as well as all other 
matters of interest in politics of the world. Yes, sir. Thank you. And uh, that was Wow, What a Week, uh, hashtag Politrix, uh, live from Amp Studios. Shout out to the Africa Podcast Network. Pezulu Works for the Cinematography, our imaging, Artist the Flow Fraser, shout out for the audio imaging, and our guest, Botsang Mudimuami Miila, our creative director, Kuvesh Mohan, and show producer, Kileto Mudisaking. Email us, waw at africapodcastnetwork.com. Have a great rest of the week in spite of yourselves.